Welcome to Women of Substance today. I'm going to be teaching a little bit from the Bible about a special lady. Her name was Eve. I'm sure you've heard of her. Um, she uh, is called the mother of all living. And that's in Genesis chapter 3, verse 20. You know, Adam actually named her Eve. God really called both of them Adam. Um, the Bible says that uh, that he made them male and female. He created them and called their name Adam. So um, I think that uh, God created them to be one. Um, and I had a, a friend that did a marriage ceremony. It was so beautiful. And I learned later that it, the, the words were from Pat, uh, Matthew Henry, a Puritan. And uh, this is, this is you might know these words too. You might have heard them in some wedding ceremonies. But it says, the woman was made of a rib out of the side of Adam, not made out of his head to rule over him, nor out of his feet to be trampled upon by him, but out of his side to be equal with him, under his arm to be protected, and near his heart to be beloved. Isn't that beautiful? And I believe that was God's original intention for women and for wives, is to be protected, to be loved, and to be equal. So I think many uh, uh, questions have come up about that. But if you study the word, it's pretty it's it's pretty interesting how God exalts women. He loves women. Now, the devil hates women, um, but God loves women. So let's look at Eve a little bit here. We see in the word some things about her um, and, and there's a lot of, about her life that's that's not mentioned. In fact, um, there's not any physical description of her. And, you know, many times in the Bible, um, you can read that a woman was especially beautiful or like uh, Sarah was especially beautiful and, or some were maybe more plain. The Bible describes sometimes, but there was no physical description of Eve. And it didn't really say how many children she had. We know that she had Cain who, uh, killed Abel, uh, the younger brother, and uh, how horrible, how horrific to know that your firstborn killed his brother, your son. Um, but then we know also uh, Eve had Seth, and um, it, God has a way of just restoring and making things up. And so anyway, we don't know how long she lived or even where or, or how she died. But the things that God, I believe, wanted to get across to us um, were the things that he emphasized. First of all, he put her in a beautiful place. We know the Garden of Eden had everything. God made it, and he said continually throughout the process of making the earth and the skies and all that was within that it was good. He said, Everything is very good, very good. So he put her in a very good place. Um, she had everything she needed there. In fact, even gold is mentioned. You might not have known that. Gold is mentioned in Genesis chapter 12. God put gold in the garden and it was good gold, he said. So everything was good. And um, we we look then at the next chapter and it said something wasn't good. And uh, so we'll read that. It says that Genesis 2.18, And the Lord said, It is not good that the man 
should be alone. So he recognized when I think, you know, I think God's kind of an artist. I think that's why we have these fabulous artists on the earth, because that's uh, what God is in, in, uh, powered them with, but he's the greatest artist of all. And don't you know, when artists are drawing or when they're painting or sculpting, they would step back and look at their work. And I think that God would do that and he would recognize, wow, this is good. This is good. But when he stepped back and looked at Adam being alone, he said, this is not good. This is not good. So he says, I will make him a help meet for him. And so he said, I'm going to make him some help. The word meet means fit or adequate or adopted to him so that he had just what he needed. And I always get around with women in women's meetings saying, God said that men need help. So evidently they need help and we're the help that that they need. God made us especially for them. So they can refuse their help or they can get help, one or the other. But I think it's so good that they get help that the Bible says, if a man finds a wife, he finds a good, there's the word, a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. So then that union, a man and a woman, a a husband and wife, it's a beautiful um institution that God created, and it's good. It's very good. Praise the Lord. Now, the devil comes against it. The devil hates it when in every way you can see it more in the earth now than ever of how he has to, uh, he tries to discount marriage. He tries to blur what it, what it is. He tries to, um, uh, di- you know, have people just live together and not get married for one reason or another. He, he just, hates it because it is God ordained a man and a woman, a wife and a husband. And it's so clearly here in the book of Genesis. So we see Eve was good help for her husband. And um, of course, you know, the devil tried to come against that. And uh, the Bible says he, the serpent was uh, very beguiling and deceived Eve. Um, you know, I have read uh, read some parts of books, in fact, way back, that really blamed women for the fall of man. Um, you know, women were evil and 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 just you know horrible because Eve, uh, you know, ate the the fruit and handed it to her husband, and we're the reason for all the <laughs> the problems in the world, etc. But the Bible says that uh, Eve was deceived. Adam was not deceived, but Eve was deceived. She was beguiled uh, because of the cunning ways of the enemy. And uh, I think that we, we can see where the curse came on the three of them, the devil, um, Adam and Eve. But of course, I think the devil got the brunt of it, which should have been that way. And um, with with the uh, well, let's just read a little bit here so that if you haven't seen these scriptures before, sometimes I assume everybody's read all this. And um, I want to let you know, this is King James and I'll read a little bit out of Genesis three. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord had made. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And that's not what God said. In fact, God said, you can eat of every tree, 
but one. And so, you know, it's interesting how the devil twists things. Here, I think he was trying to downplay the abundant supply that he had given to Adam and Eve. The devil was trying to downplay that. You know, he'll always talk about lack. He'll always give you the idea there's not enough. There's, you know, you're going to run out. You're going to struggle. You're going to not ever have enough. And it's simply a lie. God's the God of abundance. And, and the Bible says Jesus came to give life and life more abundantly. So when he said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden, he was really trying to sow into her and whisper to her that, um, you know, all this isn't yours and you, you're not going to have enough and that sort of thing. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Well, he hadn't said that either, because he actually told them to keep the garden. In other words, um, manage the garden. You can't manage something that you can't touch. He didn't say don't touch the tree. So she was wrong. She had wrong information. I don't know if she wasn't listening when Adam told her, or, or probably not. But anyway, she was not supposed to eat of it, but they were able to touch it, to keep it, and to, you know, uh, be, like I said, managers over the garden. So the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. And um, boy, he, he said the exact opposite of what God said, because God said, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. So we have to watch the enemy. And uh, I know that this is uh, talking about Eve here, but I'm telling you all of human, all of humanity, man, men and women need to be aware of the deception of the enemy. And we need to really ask God about things, um, search his word to find out the truth and not just swallow hook, line, and sinker, every lie or deception of the enemy. And, um, you know, one thing that David and I do in our marriage and ministry is if we feel like we've heard from the Lord on something or we get a particular leading, we'll run it by each other. We'll say, what do you think about this? Do you think that this is the right thing to do or the right time to do it? Or, um, you know, would you pray about it and see what God tells you. Um, because, you know, that kind of submitting one to another, and the Bible tells us to do that, not just wives submit to their husbands. Uh, it does say that as well, but it says submit one to another. And um, I think men can be as easily deceived as women. So we need to really um, know the, what the word says, know what the truth of what God is saying, and not be deceived when the devil comes around um lying about what God really said. And here he lied. He said, you shall not surely die. And so then it goes on down. And of course, they ate of the tree. They knew that they were naked. And verse seven says they sewed fig leaves together. Now, can you imagine doing that? <laughs> That's pretty rough right there. They didn't even know how to clothe themselves. But God later on in the chapter, we see that he killed the animals, which was the first blood sacrifice covering them with the, uh, I believe spiritually, and also uh, fur coats for them. That's pretty nice. I think God thinks higher 
uh, than we do when when we're thinking about things and circumstances, situations. He has a better way, and uh, certainly I'd rather wear a fur coat than a uh, fig leaf, wouldn't you? So anyway, we see that um, God called unto them. He he would come down in the cool of the day and walk in the garden. And I think that shows his heart, his fellowship with mankind. He loves to talk with you. He loves to have um, quality time with you. And uh, he did with Adam. He did with Eve. He loved them. And he was, I'm sure, uh, upset that all of this had happened because it separated man from God. There was a separation there that happened. And he said uh, to them, uh, you know, what have, what have you done? And this is directed toward Eve. Well, he asked the man first and he said, <laughs> he said, it's that woman you gave me. So Adam not only pointed the finger at the woman and blamed her, but really accused God too. Um, if you hadn't have done this, God, then this wouldn't have happened. So, I mean, that's 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 pretty pretty rough blaming God, but it still happens today, unfortunately. Uh, we ought not blame God for our own deals, and and we don't need to blame our spouse either. We need to look ex- inside, examine ourselves, and let the Holy Spirit help us if we make mistakes or if we've missed the mark. So, anyway, we see that. Um, the Lord said then unto the woman, what is it that you have done? And the woman said, the serpent, the serpent beguiled me and I did eat. And so the Lord said unto the serpent, because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon the belly shall thou go and dust shall be, uh, shall thou eat all the days of thy life. And then look at verse 15. I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. So in all of this, where there was consequences for disobedience, there was consequences uh, for for not listening to the Lord and, and walking in his ways. Um, there was still hope. There was still grace there because God, instead of just, I mean, I don't know what he, he, he could have, I don't know what he could have done to Adam and Eve, but he, instead of just absolutely uh, blowing them out, out of the garden or whatever, um, he gave her a ray of hope that this enemy will be bruised by your seed and that told her that she would have children that spoke to her about this enemy will be defeated and that God had a good plan. And so I love that even in the midst of horrible things that go on sometimes in our lives because of the devil, um, there's always that ray of sunshine and hope with God. He will always give you words of encouragement and blessed words so that you can believe him and act by faith and receive his best. And really, so many times it's so restorative. God is the he is the greatest restorer of all time. And um, we need we actually need to be that way to help helping people to be restored. But God is so good in that uh, in that aspect. Um, sometimes I think people, you know, if they've made a lot of mistakes or they've lived for the devil for so long, they just give up thinking it's not worth it. 
you know, what does God care? I've ruined my life or this or that, or the other. It's over. And I want to say to you today, maybe that you've had some of those thoughts. God is a great restorer. He always has a plan. And if you will draw nigh to him, he will draw nigh to you and he will make it all right. I'm telling you, sometimes you think, how in the world could you fix this? But God is. He's the great fixer. He can make it happen. So he he gave her that ray of hope there. And then he he said um, unto the woman, you're, uh, you know, you'll uh, verse 16. I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow. Thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband. He shall rule over thee. Now, remember, these are these are. Uh, part of the curse when God is not present in things, when the devil has his way, these kind of things go on. Thank God we can believe God when we're in childbirth. We can believe God for uh, a healthy child and a healthy birth and, and, and for God to take care of us during those times of pregnancy with our children and even, you know, with our children's children. Also, it's interesting to me that he said, your desire will be towards your husband and he shall rule over thee. It was never God's intention, I don't think, for a husband to rule. That's such a strong word, to rule over thee. Now, I believe that the New Testament teaches the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. But Jesus said, the greatest among you will be a servant. And so it's it's uh, what I think there's a new name for it now. There's even servant leadership or leadership by servanthood or something that they, they think this is the best way to lead. Well, I know it is because that's the way Jesus led. He became a servant. He became of the greatest service to mankind. He redeemed our lives. And he brought us back to the place that we could fellowship with God and uh, be in Christ. So we see that um, that desire being to your husband, of course, you would you have desire to your husband. Yes. But it's not going to be too so extreme that you don't that you don't desire God first. You know, there, our desire always has to be toward our Heavenly Father first. And then we have other desires. And the Bible says He gives us the desires of our heart. But I think we have to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And in doing that, all things are added unto us. And I've seen women that they absolutely... Uh, drain their husbands because they depend on them for everything, emotionally, uh, uh, financially, everything. They depend totally on their husbands and just wear them out. And I'm telling you, I think that we should uh, reverence our husbands. And Ephesians says that respect them, but believe God for finances, believe God for emotional help and, and uh, you know, believe God to be your strength and your, um, your, uh, you know, uh, on the earth to be, uh, to gird you up and, and prop you up and not always just running to your husband. I think that this, this kind of thing, a desire to be towards your husband could be 
extreme here that that he's talking about under the curse. And so maybe that helps someone. I don't know. But I, I know that in my life, when I've put it, put my trust in the Lord instead of confidence in a man, it sure has been a blessing to me because God can come through and do the impossible with man. Um, sometimes things are, impo- are impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. So uh, I think that this is something that we can counteract with the word of God. And then, of course, he said to Adam, because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife and has eaten of the tree of which I've commanded thee, saying, thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake in sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns and also in thistles shall it bring forth to thee and thou shalt eat of the herb of the field and the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread till the return unto the ground for out of it was thou taken for the dust thou art and until dust that shalt thou return. So we see that, um, and then Adam called his name, his wife's name Eve. That was even after the fall. But, uh, you know, the, the ground was cursed, the animals were cursed, the uh, the plants, the vegetation, the curse came on everything. But the good news, Galatians says that we've been redeemed from the curse of the law. We've been redeemed from these curses. And even though we live in a fallen earth, a fallen world, if uh, we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we are seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ. And we have authority over any curse. We have authority over it. Thank God. And we're redeemed from these curses so that our life, Jesus, uh, can be like Jesus came to pay for. He said, I come to give life and life more abundantly. And that's the way we can walk because of our precious Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. So um, in in uh, thinking again, just quickly about Eve, she was mentioned twice in the New Testament. And both places, the emphasis was that she was deceived. In Timothy 2, 13 and 14, it says that Eve was deceived. And then 2 Corinthians eleven three, the serpent beguiled Eve. He was very cunning in his beguile. And the warning is, uh, stick with a word. Don't go with another type of uh, message or just, you know, uh, false messages that will come up and be taught here and there. Don't don't just take all of that as you know, is what we would say the gospel, because it's not the gospel. The Bible is the word of God and it is inspired by God. It's God breathed. And so anything that is taught, we should search the scriptures to see if it's true. Really, the, the word is our our compass, our guide. And anything that is not centered in the word of God, um, you need to really question it because the devil is very cunning. He wants to get you off track. He wants to um, to really steal, kill, and destroy. And he he would really like to destroy women. He knows that uh, the, the powerful uh, creatures that we can be in Christ, and he wants to destroy men. He wants to destroy children, and we've seen that. Um, and 
you know, the, the family unit. He wants to destroy the family unit because of the strength that it is in the earth. And of course, he wants to destroy the local church because that's the other institution that God ordained besides marriage is the local church. So then what are we to do? Well, we're to pray. We're to watch and pray over our families, over our um churches and our pastors and and uh, lift them up to the Lord and pray the scripture over them. And um, then we're to have times where we read the, the word at home and teach our children the word of God. Um, don't just rely on the church to get your children born again. You ask them, do they want to get saved? You know, be be active in your role as a spiritual uh, mom in their life, and not just somebody who does the laundry and cooks, but pray with them and teach them the word. And uh, I tell you, it's good to uh, have those times of devotion because I remember, you know, I'm older now, have grandchildren, but I remember when I was a young mother and I didn't have a lot of time because of all the responsibilities, pastoring churches traveling and ministering and then also my children and uh, i i would do devotions with them and i would get blessed because of the word so we we all were refreshed together as we prayed and as we read the word but anyway i hope you've learned something today and um uh, i i think that uh eve you know she was just, can you imagine being the first woman ever? I mean, that was a great responsibility on her shoulders and, uh, you know, some tragedies happen, but yet the, the, the lineage of our Lord Jesus Christ uh, was, you know, she, she uh, was part of that. And it's a beautiful redemptive story, not only for her, but for all of us too. So uh, I'm going to pray for you before we go. Father, I thank you for all listening today. I thank you, Lord, that the truths of your word stand and they, they give strength and they're very honorable, Lord. And we take your word very seriously in our lives and we we act upon it. And we thank you that you've made the family, that you made male and you made female and you uh, united them in holy matrimony. And I thank you, Lord, that uh, we respect marriage and we love what you what you've created in um, husbands and wives and children. And um, we thank you that you're continuing to to minister to people on the earth about this very important union. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Well, thank you for tuning in today to uh, this podcast. We have another one coming up. In fact, it's every other week, the first and third Friday. Hopefully this has spoken to you. If you would like to, we have a magazine. It's called Grace and Faith Journal, and it comes out once a quarter. And we'd love to send that to you. It has interesting articles. And then it tells what we're doing at Horton Ministries International to help people and to minister people around the world. If you want to email us at office at scarlethorton.com, then you can uh, give us your address. We can send you our Grace and Faith magazine. And if you're in Tampa, Florida, come see us at Grace Harvest Church. We pastor a local church here. Uh, but we mainly want to pray for you uh, and encourage you. So uh, again, if you need prayer, email us for prayer. We'd love to do that. 
and uh, tune in next time. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.